Hello, friends. This is the Messenger Podcast, where our goal is to develop messengers whose lives tell the story of the gospel. I'm your host, Addison Bevere. It's summertime, so today we are launching a brand new summer series. We're halfway through the year, and I I really feel like summer offers the opportunity for us to slow down and evaluate where our year is headed. In the first part of the year, we discussed practical ways to reset your life and challenge some perspectives around church. But now we want to give you some tools, some things that are going to help you finish the year strong, things that are going to help you build your life. And so, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Summer Book Club. We're doing a book club. I got Ooh, Scott and Jordan. Yes, avid readers, lover of words in the studio with me today. Um, and just just a confession, my uh, my wife, she she might not like this episode because she she tells me that books are my mistress Ooh. because I'm I'm kind of obsessed with books. Yeah. Uh, pretty much every night at around eight thirty, eight forty five, I I start to turn away from her and start Man. to reach for those things on my nightstand. And that's when she starts hitting me in the back. She's like, I'm not done with you. <laughs> so she gets I'm a like, bit jealous. She huh? does. So I don't know how she's going to feel about me talking about books. But I'm excited about today's topics. We're going to be talking about books on fasting mm-hmm. and prayer. I really need to hear some good suggestions yes, for books on I fasting you. because I, I don't like fasting. So I need yeah. I need to have a change of perspective. Oh, I, I, would, I don't know if I'll do all that, but I will really because I'm believing for like major transformation. Okay, well today. I'll believe with you. Okay. Praise the Lord. Come on. Yes. If we just read a book on <laughs> fasting, does that get us out of actually having to do it? No, Scott, that is a <laughs> because I would question. much rather read a book on fasting than actually fast. That doesn't wow. information always lead to transformation, right? I mean, it can. Yeah. (laughs) It does not, for the record, people. It can, but it does not necessarily lead to transformation. So since we're picking on fasting, we're going to talk about prayer too, but let's go to to fasting. Sure. This is the scary beast that Scott and I really... Have not, yeah. Yeah, we we just, we haven't practiced this discipline. So Jordan, why don't you enlighten us? I will. What's a good book on fasting? At least I'll tell everyone what not to do. So um, for me, I've just had a pretty intense kind of relationship with fasting, for lack of a better word. I remember my first fast when I was 14 or so, and I, pro tip for all of you who are going to try it, um, for your first fast, do not try to do a no food at all fast. Wait, what did you do? Like seven days, no food, three days, I, no listen, food? Listen here. Okay. Here's a story. <clears throat> so I was 14. I'm sure I'd heard something at youth group, right? And I was a very zealous person then, still am. And so I go home and I'm like, family, I'm going to fast starting right now, no food. And they were like, my parents are Christians, you know, so they're like, okay, well, are you sure? I'm like, yes, I just heard about this and I'm going to go all the way, right? I lasted maybe, maybe an hour. I was (laughs) so hungry. My dad had to drive me around the neighborhood to try to distract me. And I was like, forget this. I'm done. I'm going to break this fast right now and went back and had like a box of mac and cheese, you know? Mm. So don't, don't do that. Um, I think in kind of revisiting that funny story and having fasted a lot just throughout my life, um, I've been thinking, okay, how can I do this really well and make it part of my spiritual practice and spiritual discipline? So I have two books to recommend. One is Fasting by Jensen Franklin. And it's a great kind of, I've never fasted before, I don't know how to do it, or I'm kind of scared of it, I don't know. He gives great kind of basic tips, like here's what not to do your first round, here's how to break a fast, all of that stuff. So that's awesome. 
The book I have with me today is called The Hidden Power of Prayer and Fasting. And I read this, I think I was a junior in high school or so. Um, And this was a game changer for me, mostly because I identify myself as an intercessor. And for anyone listening who isn't sure what that word means, basically it's someone who's called to pray on behalf of others. So for me, that's something that I'm called to do. And how I know I'm called is that I just will feel the urge to pray for someone or um, I get uh, urges or feelings to pray for other nations a lot. Um, so that's why kind of prayer and fasting are a part of my life, just because that's something um, that always comes up. Like it's a thought I always have. Oh, I should pray for Ukraine. That happened a few days ago. Or I should pray for people in Peru, you know. Um, so that's very common for me. Anyway, so this book, The Hidden Power of Prayer and Fasting, kind of um, really shows people what that combination does. You know, it's like, I think a lot of us know about prayer and we think about prayer often. Not everyone thinks about fasting, but here's how I think about it. Fasting for me, it's kind of like, let's say I get into a fight. Okay, I'm pretty petite, so that probably wouldn't happen, but let's say I did. Um, It's great if I know how to punch someone. That's awesome. It's like, okay, great. I can probably protect myself just by knowing how to punch. But if I know how to choke hold if I know how to kick someone, like just having more maneuvers to kind of win the fight, that's that's kind of how I think about it, right? So prayer is awesome. Let's say prayer is like a punch and a kick, right? But fasting to me is the chokehold, you know? It's very powerful when you enter into it. That's good. It's intense. Yeah, yeah. I like that visual. You know, that fighting analogy yeah, that came good. to me this morning. That's good. Profound. One of the concepts of this book um, that I wanted to touch on was um, why we fast. So some of the concepts um, this gentleman brings up is we fast in obedience to God's word. So they're fast all over the Bible, you know, Old Testament, New Testament, they're just everywhere. Um, one of my favorites is we fast to humble ourselves before God and obtain his grace and power. Um, and I think kind of in the times that we're living in, Um, especially as people really um, seeking to live holy and impact our world or the people around us, I think we just need power. Like we're in a time where it's, okay, great, we're good people. Things are going well in our lives, which is awesome. But as messengers in our world, we really have to think about how can I influence and impact the people around me and not just how can I have a good life, right? So it's kind of, getting outside of our own, okay, great, your life is good, you have the Lord, but there are people who need him. Um, and kind of having that power and that impact, I think is something um, is something great. So fasting helps us focus, it gives us power. Um, and this is a great book if you're, I don't know, thinking about getting more into it. Yeah, it seems so. like what you're saying too is fasting is disruptive. Yeah, yes. Right? Yeah. You're, ta- you're talking about Intercession, which mm-hmm. I think of intercession as interference. Yeah. Oh, wow. Like I'm, That's running, great. I'm running interference for yes. that country, for that person. And I think fasting gives us a new perspective. It is an act of humility. Yeah. It is an act of sacrifice. And it's in that moment where we're saying, God, there are things about my lives, or about my life, there are things about you that I don't see. Mm-hmm. And I want to have new eyes to see. Yeah. I think my mom, Scott, you, you probably know this better than I do, but my mom says something along the lines of fasting doesn't change how you look, it changes what you see. I always get that mixed up. Is that what it is? 
That's very, very close. It's very close. But the whole idea is when we do fast, we are aligning ourselves with a greater reality with the hopes of being able to see our world differently. Yeah. Yeah. And I think about, um, just like Jesus says in Mark 9, right? They come down from the Mount of Transfiguration. The disciples are dealing with this um, demon-possessed child. And they said, Jesus, we couldn't get this demon out. And Jesus says, this kind only comes out by prayer and by fasting. And to me, that's something I've always thought about, which is, I still don't know exactly what that whole story means. You know, one day I'll know. That's a cryptic one. Yeah, for sure. But for me, just especially for the things I pray for and what I kind of come up against in my own life, I'm like, I don't know what kind Jesus was talking about, but I know the kinds I'm seeing in my life and I want them gone. So fasting kind of, yeah, helps me focus and consecrate myself for that. Yeah, that's good. I know for in my life, when I look back on those key moments where I did fast, I got over my aversion to not eating food and I fasted. They were pivotal moments in my life and they were normally moments where I was like, God, I need a perspective that's bigger right. than what I have in yeah. this moment. I, I think there's something beautiful though about living in that humility every day, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And I think that humility or that the need for that humility becomes more acute when we fast. Yeah. But I do think we can live with that kind of awareness every mm-hmm. day. Yeah, and, for and, sure. And fasting opens our eyes to a reality that really could be ours yeah. in the day-to-day, Yeah, right? Yep. Opening our eyes to something greater that we could step into. I love that. Yeah, I think fasting creates capacity oh, in that's our hearts. Good. And yeah. for, for me, like the different times in my life that I fasted, like you're not only are you not eating food, but you're not taking the time to eat food. And you're right. like, what do I do with, with my meal time? And you'll go and you'll pray. And yeah, I mean, huge. I have had fasts where... Like I'll go into a day knowing I'm fasting, I'm committing this day to the Lord, I'm going to seek Him over these couple issues. And before breakfast, like before I've even skipped a meal, like I know mentally I'm going to, and I'll be in the Word and I'll feel like I have everything I need from God wow. for the day. Wow. And so I just ended the fast. I'm kidding. I didn't You're do done. that. No, I, I still, I, I, I take a fast all the way through. Oh, that's but, but it's just so amazing. Like, our world is so busy mm. and when we slow down and when we intentionally do things to create space, whether it's getting off of media, like put, putting food away for a day or for three days or however long, right. like you create a capacity in your life That's to great. hear God's voice like you would not on a normal That's day. That's good. Yeah. And I think it's important to look at when you're asking yourself, what should I fast? Look at what you draw energy from. Mm-hmm. So whether it's media, obviously we all draw energy from food, yeah. but media... Um, you know, certain things that you're investing your time and energy into that, that doesn't, it's not bad, but you're drawing energy from that. It's a life source for you. Yeah. And when you pull away from that, then you're like, okay, what am I going to draw life from? Yeah. You connect to the true source. You do. Mm -hmm. You do. Hey everyone, Addison here. And I want to take a moment to interrupt our discussion to tell you about our new discipleship resource. We just launched All Access Membership, which gives you unlimited access, yes, unlimited access to every course we've created. We have courses on marriage, dating, hearing God, navigating your calling, spiritual growth, and so much more. You also find short films, powerful sermons, free eBooks, access to live events, community, and one of my favorite features is the one-on-one monthly coaching that's available to you. Because you're awesome and you listen to our podcast, we want to give you a free trial membership. So check out messengerpodcast.com slash all access. Again, that's messengerpodcast.com slash all access and join the all access community. 
Now, back to the discussion. Prayer. Scott, you you have you have the prayer books. You you came ready. You're like, I have I have something I want to share on prayer. I want to hear it. I do get the privilege of talking about prayer. One of my favorite books on this is one that's probably been more pivotal more pivotal than any book I've read in my Christian life, and that would be Walking with God by John Eldridge. I have, um, just as a reference point, like I've probably given away personally probably at least 25 copies of this book. I'll buy them cheap on Amazon for two, three bucks, and I'll have a conversation with a friend, and I'll be like, you need this book, and I'll give it to them. Usually I give them the copy I have, and then I go buy a new one, and it just starts the cycle all over again. Um, but one of my favorite things about this book is when we talk about prayer, most of the time we're talking about our end of prayer and how to ask God for things, how to have faith, all those different things. And those are great. But for me, um, the biggest and most important part of prayer is the other side. I'm far more interested in what God has to say about something than what I have to say about something. And this book for me, um, opened my eyes to the to the reality that God speaks to us, that prayer is conversational, that conversational intimacy should be normal and expected in the life of a Christian. Yeah, that's good. And so I just want to read a, a quote from this book, um, which kind of positions it and gives a good context for where the book goes. Um, he's talking about kind of the American lie that we believe, which is like, I can make it on my own. If I only try harder, I can have success. And he says, that whole approach to life, trying to figure it out, beat the odds, get on top of our game, it is utterly godless, meaning entirely without God. He is nowhere in those considerations. That sort of scrambling smacks more of the infamous folks who raised the Tower of Babel than it does of those who walked with God in the garden in the cool of the day. And he says, in the end, I'd much rather have God. You might have heard the old saying, give someone a fish and you feed him for a day, teach someone to fish and you feed him for the rest of his life. The same holds true for life itself. If you give someone an answer, a rule, a principle, you help him solve one problem. But if you teach him to walk with God, well, then you've just helped him solve the rest of his life. You've helped him tap into an inexhaustible source of guidance, comfort, and protection. Wow. That's so good. I, I I think it's easy for us when we think of prayer. We think of a transaction. Mm-hmm. We think of that, that moment during the day, that 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 30 minutes, 30 seconds, whatever it is that we set aside as our prayer time. Right. It's like, yeah, that's when I, that's when I do my transaction mm-hmm. with God. But Scott, it's, it's a relationship. Prayer was never mm-hmm. supposed to be a religious duty. It was never supposed to be a transaction that we fulfill. And it's so easy for us to pray because we want to remove God from our lives. And that's mm-hmm. essentially what he's saying is like, instead of living a life of prayerfulness, being in tune with God, we're like, okay, God, so take care of these things. I'm gonna give you my list. So I'm gonna be good so I can do my thing. And then when I need another miracle or something like some kind of divine intervention, then I'll come back to you and I'll reach out to you again and you take care of these things. Then I'll continue to live my life the mm-hmm. way that I want to live it. Instead of realizing the fact that prayer is supposed to bring us to his heart, yeah. supposed to connect us with him. Like you're married, I'm married. Like, what if you only talk to your wife from seven to seven fifteen in the morning, right? You know, and you had your fifteen minutes of, oh, that's our relationship. Sure. Time. Like that's not gonna that. Like one, it's gonna really hurt your relationship. 
Um, but two, just for the record, gentlemen, that would hurt your relationship <laughs> in case any but, of you don't know that. But, but more than that would hurt the relationship. Like you're just missing out on so much of the beauty of intimacy. Absolutely. And like, we're told like, to, like Jesus taught us to pray and pray always. And we're told to, by Paul to pray without ceasing. Yeah. Right. And, and I think some people hear that and they get this huge to-do list. Like, and, how do I even do that? How do I pray without ceasing? That's first Thessalonians five seventeen. How do I do that? No, it's, it's being mindful of God. It's being wow, open at all times. Yeah. yeah, and I would just tell people, as things come up throughout your day, give them to God. As you have something that you're worry about, worrying about, give it to God. Yeah, as you have good. something that you don't have the answer to, give it to God. If you just need someone to talk to, talk to God. Yeah. And I would encourage people, one of the things that will change your prayer life more than anything that I got from this book is ask God questions and don't be afraid to ask him questions that you feel like are really big. And don't be, don't, don't be afraid to ask him a question that feels maybe small and petty. Like God, should, should we go to the cabin this weekend? God, should we go to um, this city on vacation or that city? Like God cares about the details of our lives. And I think one of my favorite things about this book is he, there's no chapters. He just wrote the whole thing, kind of journal entries, if you will, um, as if you wrote your journal to be read by someone else, you give a little bit more information sure. than you might give yourself. Um, but it's just kind of the mundane moments of life. Like there I was meeting a friend for coffee the other day. There I was um, in a counseling appointment. Here I was in this conversation with my wife on vacation. And for me, like, Oftentimes you hear, you hear people talk about their prayer lives or their spiritual lives and they're talking about those mountaintop moments. Hmm. And the biggest thing that I got from this book is it's that God is in all the mundane stuff yeah. of your life and That's all the so things good. that seem so small he cares about yeah. and bring him into those things. Yes, And don't be afraid to ask him questions because he knows you better than you know yourself. Yeah, And what's interesting too, when you, when you live with that kind of prayerfulness, with this orientation to being aware of God, you actually find yourself wanting to set apart time for that sacred space, for that, okay, God, it's just you and me, where you do have those mountaintop experiences, but we shouldn't live for those moments. Right. Because God is outside of those moments. He's in those moments, but he's also outside of those moments. Yeah, and I think just like fasting, yeah. like we were talking about earlier, prayer is an act of hum- another way of humbling ourselves Absolutely. before God. And when we pray... I don't think I've ever defined it this way that I'm about to say. Um, but when we pray, like I would define prayer as the act of relying on God. Mm-hmm. And I would say it's almost an act of responding to God. You have to listen, relying and responding. Like you have to be in tune to him so you can rely and so that you can respond. Yeah, well, a lot of relying on God is not being the one who's talking because yeah. he has far better answers Absolutely. than yeah. you have. Yeah, well, Scott, what does <laughs> yes. this look like on a day-to-day basis? For you, like this is something I know you, so I know this is something you already live. So what is that like, like today? You know, what did your prayerfulness with God look like? Well, one one habit I'm trying to bring into my life is just letting God love me to start the day. And like oftentimes my first break of the day, I'll go outside and I'll just be like, God, I thank you that you love me. I thank you that you're for me. I thank yeah. you Amazing. that you moved heaven and earth so that you could be with me. Yeah. And I'll just, oh, just over time, just thank him for his love and anchor myself in his love. And as I do that, I'm reminded he cares about me. Yeah. Like when, when something comes up later in the day and I have a problem to deal with, yeah. like I run to God. That's good. And, That's and I, I want to clarify too what I'm saying about responding to God. I'm not talking about responding with words. 
talking about recognizing that he's there in every moment. Yeah. Like being aware of the fact that he is with us. He is guiding us through our days, which brings me to one of my favorite books on prayer, which is Brother Lawrence's book, The Practice mm-hmm. of the Presence of yes. God. I love that book. I love it. It's amazing because you, you, you see the story of a man who, who lived with a profound sense of God's presence, energizing every moment of his life uh, while he was washing dishes, while he was serving others. He was very in tune with God's spirit. And it's an amazing promise that we are God's temple. His spirit lives in us and that God's spirit searches the deep things of God and knows God intimately. And we have that connection with God. And so I I would strongly recommend to those of you out there, like you don't understand God's spirit or how God's spirit works in our lives. Open your eyes to what that means for you specifically, because Jesus did look at his disciples and tell them, it's better for you that I go away Mm -hmm. because my spirit will come when Mm -hmm. I go away and my spirit will guide you into all truth. And so we we actually hear a messenger. We have a book called The Holy Spirit Introduction. And it is about fostering um, a lifestyle of intimacy with God's spirit. And we've had, we've had so many testimonies come in from people like, man, I actually started to understand what it means to interact with God as a person and not just this abstract idea who exists somewhere in the clouds the way so many people think of God. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, I think the big takeaway for all of us is there's so much more, yes. right? Like there's yeah. so much more, which is exciting. It's invigorating. God has so much in store for us. There's so much about ourselves that we've yet to know, that we've yet to discover. There's so much about God that He just can't wait to share with us and can't wait to reveal to us. So let's be people who are expectant and hungry yes. for His presence. In prayer and fasting, obviously, those are those are ways that we get to discover that more. Yeah, cool. Yeah, you you can't really develop a relationship with God without prayer because prayer is relationship. Yeah, <laughs> and you like you get you got to have that. Yeah. Yeah, it's so it's so true. Well, I want to I want to highlight a listener review. We love when we get feedback from all of you out there. Uh, Granola Break said this podcast has been such a blessing. The episodes are the perfect length for me to be able to listen to them on my drive to work. I walk into work inspired and with something positive to meditate on. Granola Break, thank you so much uh, for sharing that, and for all of you out there who write reviews, who take a minute to share your thoughts. We really appreciate it when you do that. When you rate the episode. When you share it with your friends, that helps us get these messages in front of more people. And also, I want to I wanna mention something since we've been talking about prayer and talking about uh, fasting. We have something called All Access that we recently launched here at Messenger National. Essentially, it's a, it's a discipleship platform. Um, over 2,000 people are on there now engaging with each other, creating a community, diving into topics, learning what it means to be the people of God. And we have a course on there called Hearing God. It's like phenomenal seven, yeah. it's a phenomenal course. So good. We've had so many amazing testimonies. It's over 17 lessons. And so all of you listening to this, go to messengerpodcast.com forward slash all access. We have a free trial for you since you guys are amazing people. You listen to the podcast. We actually want to give you a free trial. So go check it out. You could do the whole Hearing God course. Go through that. We'd love, we'd love to hear your thoughts. And uh, we want to we want to equip you guys with other tools to help you realize everything that God has for you, because the reality is you are a messenger to the people in your world. Your life is a message. So lean into God's grace, invest in yourself, and watch your world change. Until next time. Thanks for listening to the Messenger Podcast. Let us know your thoughts by leaving a review, and be sure to subscribe and share these episodes through iTunes. You can connect with us through Facebook, Instagram, and through our website at messengerinternational.org. Until next time.